Today, I want to talk about something that was a really recent realization for me. And I think a lot of people, they go through this themselves, not realizing that other people also go through it. And it wasn't until recently that I realized that other people feel the same way. And it's actually something that has totally transformed my life. I don't even exaggerate when I say that because this affects every aspect of life, relationships, finances, work, the way you make small decisions, the way you treat people throughout the day, the way you treat your partner, the way you treat your friends. And it's this, your relationship with your parents and how you view it. See, a lot of us, we grow up not really having much choice in the household we grew up in. Up until the age of eight, we're a bit helpless. We have to rely and depend on other people to sustain us, for us to be able to live. You know, there's exceptions, of course, where kids have to make do and figure it out on their own. But for the most part, most of us, including myself, were taken care of throughout, through the age of eight. And up until that point, it's actually throughout that duration of time when a lot of our beliefs and a lot of our perspectives and ways of viewing the world are developed. And it's interesting. It's a situation that we don't choose to be in at that time. Yet, a lot of our beliefs, our values, our behaviors stem from that period of time. That's the lens through which we view the world, is how we grew up from the age of zero to the age of eight. And there are several reasons why this is such an important period of time and different perspectives on why you know, people see this as an important period of time. But just thinking about it, you know, in the context of history, for example, in ancient times, young boys would go through a rite of passage, either th when they were eight years old or when they were 12 years old, around that period of time when boys become men, that when they become, when they go from child to adolescent to adult. And it's interesting because in the culture that we have today, that tends to be delayed, that process. And now we have kids who aren't fully developed into adolescence until even the age of 18. They don't become emotional adolescents or emotionally mature enough to deal with the challenges of day-to-day life. They don't even know how to pay the bills if you sent them on, your, on their own, they wouldn't know how to figure it out on their own. They couldn't deal with basic administrative tasks. They don't know about health care. They don't know about taxes. They're not able to deal with a lot of the challenges, the same kinds of challenges that, imagine this, you're in Sparta, in ancient Rome, for example, and you're sent to the wolves and f to figure it out and survive at the age of 12. You're fighting off wild animals. And now here we are today in the US, for example, 
in the year 2020. And we can't even pay the bills at the age of 12. We can't even balance a checkbook. We can't even figure out the basic necessities of life, let alone fight off a tiger. If you really think about it, there's a lot of things that we take for granted. And it's so interesting because there are more people complaining today about their situation than ever before. There's protests going on. There's people on the internet complaining about their life or what needs to be changed in the world, which is always good to change and to develop and to improve. But what about appreciating the fact that we live in better times than any other point in history? There's a joke about time machines and uh, it's from a famous comedian and he talks about how if you had a time machine you really wouldn't want to go back to any other period of time right there's very few periods of time you would want to go back to because think about it you go back to the year 1000 what was happening back then there's plagues going on you get sick you go to the doctor they put a leech on you that's how they cure you, is they put a leech on you, you get your blood sucked out, and then you die. <laughs> Nowadays, we go to the hospital, and we get taken care of, and then we get fed fruit, and we have a nurse by our side, and you can just call a nurse at the click of a button. You get to watch TV. Just think about the harsh realities of life that people in the past had to go through. There were wars. There are people being tortured. There are people being killed for simple crimes. There are people being beheaded in the town square. People being hung. Yet we complain today about the laws, about injustices that are happening. And sure, there are injustices and there's unfairness in life. There's always going to be unfairness in life. People are not perfect, and that's the nature of life. And that brings me back to my point about our parents. Because what I realized is a lot of my living beliefs and a lot of my blame and a lot of my victim mentality that I still have at the age of 30 comes from the way I view my relationship with my parents. And maybe you might feel the same way too. And I even see it in my mom. And you know, she's in her 50s. And the way she views her relationship with my grandmother, for example. It's something that we can carry with us throughout our entire life unless we choose to let it go. And it's not until we realize that our parents are people and people are imperfect and we all have our insecurities and you don't know what sorts of beliefs or what they grew up with even you can have a faint idea of maybe your mom or your dad you can get to know what your grandparents are like and have a faint idea of maybe what their childhood was like 
but in actuality you have no idea and they grow up with their own insecurities and they pass that on to their children in the way they parent so that's when i realized that our parents are not perfect our parents are far from perfect yet from the age of zero to eight we view them as an authority figure because we really don't have much other choice they're the people who are raising us or you know maybe you didn't have parents growing up maybe you were in a foster home or maybe you had step parents or a blended family most likely you did have some sort of authority figure in your life whether it was good or a bad one and that had a significant influence on where you are today and who you are today the decisions you make and the way you behave the events leading up to today whether they were good or they were bad that has shaped and formed you into your current identity and it's really our choice to see how we view things it's not our choice about how we were raised but we can choose how we want to view our childhood we can't choose our childhood but we can choose how we view it so you can either look back on it from a place of resentment of why did my parents raise me like this or why did they do that or you know i suck with money because my parents never taught me or i wish i had different parents i wish they would have done this i wish they would have done that i wish i grew up in this kind of household i wish i could have grew up in a different place i wish things were different or you can view your life from a place of gratitude and appreciation i'm so grateful for what my parents did they did the best with what they had i'm so grateful that i didn't have parents because it taught me how to be independent i'm so grateful that i went through abuse because it taught me to be a tougher person and i wouldn't be where i am today without what i went through whatever it was that you went through as a child however great however bad however painful it was the way you feel now is a choice what happened to you back then isn't but the way you view it is so if you feel grateful now for what you have you can look back on the years past from a lens of gratitude and appreciation. And that's the only way to let go. That's what's holding us back. Is to be able to forgive. To forgive those who harmed us. To forgive those for being imperfect. For not treating us in a perfect manner. And even... Here's the thing is, even if you had a perfect childhood, you're still going to have these thoughts. I would say that for myself, I had 
one of those childhoods that wasn't too hard, to be totally honest. You know, I, I grew up in a household where I was sent to school. I went to, eventually went to a private school. Um, you know, I, I was raised in a way where I did well academically, no real huge conflicts at home. Yet sometimes I do look back on my childhood with some resentment. And people look at me like, you're just spoiled. You have first world problems. You have no right to complain. And it's right and it's wrong. There is no such thing as right or wrong, first of all, but there's two sides to the coin here. Side one is yes, comparatively and objectively speaking, there are people with quote unquote worse situations. That being said, we can look at the other side of the coin and realize that emotions are emotions and humans, they experience different emotions relative to the events that happen to them. So sure, the events you can compare them you can say alcoholism is worse than growing up in a poor household. Or you could say that the way I grew up in a privileged household is better than growing up in a poor household. You can compare these situations. The truth is that doesn't really matter. People see this as we have to bring people to our level. We have to help the poor so that they can have the kind of life that we have now. You know, they can live in a home. They can have a job. They can have a family. But what if they don't want that? What if they're not supposed to have those things? Because that's what makes them better. That's actually what allows them to develop in the person into the person that they're supposed to become because they develop character through those situations. What if they don't even want that kind of help? That's the issue is people are constantly forcing their beliefs and their realities and their values onto other people thinking that their values are the ones that are right and they're supposed to convert other people to their values. They think that you're supposed to have the white picket fence and two and a half kids and have a stable job and save up for retirement. But what if that person on the street, you never know who that is. To give them an opportunity if they're looking for it, sure, that's a great thing to do. If they're ready and they're open and they want that opportunity, then absolutely, you can give that to them. You know, someone like Joseph McClendon III, I went to Tony Robbins a few times last year, and he spoke about how he was homeless and how he came across a book called Think and Grow Rich. And he just read that book and read that book and started to implement and started to do the things that were in that book and eventually now he's speaking on stage with Tony Robbins and he's changed his life completely from how he used to be 
thinking about it. What would have happened if someone took him into a house and they gave him comfort and just made him feel better about himself? He would have never had that experience of finding the book and developing himself personally and building the character to become the person he is today. That would be a shame, wouldn't it? Because we took away that choice from him. Sure, if he was asking for the book, if he wanted that book, then by all means we could give it to him. But if he's not asking to be sheltered, if he's not asking to be served dinner or to be taken care of or to basically become a charity case for someone, oftentimes the reason why we do those things when someone doesn't ask for it is because we want to feel better about ourselves, but we don't consider what the other person needs. What I'm saying, what I'm not saying is that we shouldn't help anyone. No, absolutely not. What I'm saying is we should respect people's choice. And sometimes freedom, freedom over fairness. And there's this idea of fairness in our society today that holds a lot of people back. Because some people would benefit from freedom. They'd benefit from not having to be taken care of, not having to be babied or sheltered. Because that's what's happening in our society today is we want to soften everyone up. We want to soften, and I know I'm making a generalization, but this is a general trend that we're seeing in our society. We want everyone to have quote-unquote equal rights. Which, for some situations, yes, we should all have the right to vote because we're in a collective society and everyone has a voice. We should all have access to defense. You know, we have a military that protects our borders. And we have a military that protects our ideals. Sure. But anything beyond that you know, we, people say that we should all have a basic right to a living wage. Okay, well, let's look at this one for a second. A living wage, what does that mean? That means that we should all give someone a certain amount of income. But what happens when we do that? Let's say we give everyone $12 an hour instead of $8 an hour. Or instead of not having a minimum wage at all, what happens if we give everyone $12 an hour? chooses to work well the way basic economics works is you're an employer and if you have to pay everyone $12 an hour instead of $8 an hour then you have some choices to make you got to cut some people off your staff so who are you going to cut you're going to cut the youngest people the least skilled people the people that came to America looking for an opportunity the people that don't have the resume of the other people you're depriving the very people that you're trying to help. The only people that remain at $12 an hour are going to be educated people, the people that are, that are already on their way to success, which is great. At the same time, a lot of times people say, well, we should have a living wage because the least skilled people in society, they don't have an opportunity. Well, you're depriving them of that opportunity because having a job is better than not having a job, right? 
if employers could choose their wage, how much they pay their employees. And if someone's willing to work for $2 an hour, why not give them that opportunity? Why should we say that, oh, well, it's better for you to not get paid $2 an hour? Just because we're imposing our own reality and our own values onto someone else. Maybe that person wants to work for $2 an hour. They want that opportunity, but because we've raised the living wage to $12 an hour, they're deprived of that opportunity. Why deprive that person of the opportunity? Because remember, when you're raising the living wage, you're also lessening the number of jobs. We have fewer jobs if we're forcing people to pay a certain wage. Does that not make sense? There's an interchange there. So basically, by raising the minimum wage, we're depriving people. We're creating fewer jobs. That's the consequence. There's no free lunch. There's always a trade-off. So it's a question of the intentions, right? So it wouldn't be bad if people had that intention of we should have fewer jobs and we should have a higher wage because you should be more skilled before you get a job. If people understood that and if people wanted that sort of outcome, then fine. But the issue is that people these days, and I'm not generalizing, and maybe there's other arguments to this, but in general, people are making a very emotional decision when it comes to their values and what they stand for. And they see people, they think that just raising the minimum wage just means that everyone's going to get paid more and they're going to keep their jobs. That's not the case. The people that stick around are going to keep their jobs, but there's going to be a lot of people that are fired because the minimum wage is raised. You have to make cuts. That's what it's like as a business owner. That's just the reality. There's always going to be a trade-off. There's always going to be a trade-off. So look, sure, we could raise the minimum wage or we could get rid of the minimum wage altogether. What would happen in that case? We get rid of the minimum wage altogether. I'm working for $1 an hour. But the intention is not to stay at $1 or $2 or $3 an hour. That's the beauty of capitalism because you could literally ascend up the ladder. You make more each and every month, each and every year based on the value you provide to the company. Who says that you have the right, you're entitled to a certain amount of income? until you've worked for it. Why not give value to the company and then you get paid more? How does that not make sense? Why not give value to the company? You give more value. You're paid what you're worth. And eventually, it'll pay off in the long term. But because people want to heal or they want to feel better about themselves by raising the minimum wage and saying... We're helping you because you're getting paid more. What they don't realize is that person that you're trying to help is going to be without a job and you're hurting them at the end of the day because they never get that opportunity. You're creating greater barriers to entry for the workforce. So that's my rant about the minimum wage. And it's something 
that a lot of people don't know about. They don't recognize this. And going back to my earlier point about the victim mentality in today's society and parenting, it's the same thing when it comes to parenting. A lot of times as a parent, I'm not a parent myself, but this is just what I've observed and maybe my beliefs will change when I become a parent. I recognize that. But having a paternalistic mindset when it comes to anything where you're trying to help and do things for other people, imposing your own values and judgments onto other people without letting them become who they are because we're all different. We all have different ways of seeing the world and that's the beautiful thing about having so many different types of people in the world is that we all have a different take on it and we have our own unique gifts and talents and innate abilities. If we're always stifling it with different beliefs and different ideals from all these different sources, then that person never finds their voice. That person never discovers their gift. That, that person never makes that impact that they were meant to make on the world. So when it comes to parenting and looking back on our childhood, it's up to us. Do we want to hang on to that story? Do we want to hang on to that story of, I wish things were different. I wish my parents would have done this. I wish I had different parents. I wish I had a different situation. Or do we choose to let that go and say, I forgive you. You did the best you could. I forgive you. And you let go. Now you're free to live your life.